0: I think you can put, take the entire planet and put them in. Take everybody and put them in one or two buckets. The one bucket are the givers, and one bucket is the ta- are the takers. I try to stay away from the takers. I try to associate myself with givers.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Awesomeings Podcast, where we highlight people pursuing their definition of you guessed it, awesome. So buckle up and get ready for some more success story adventures and failures from Kentucky's tech and entrepreneur community. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Awesoming Podcast. I always say how excited I am and it never is a lie. I'm sitting down with two people for the first time in this episode. My good coworker, partner in crime, brother from another mother, Kevin, I don't want to say Jay. that's your middle name. Kevin, uh, I'll come up with a nickname. Manser, who is director of our space here at Awesome Inc. And a good friend as well, Steve Pottinger, who is... He's kind of like the Bruce Wayne of of Lexington. Oh, what dear gosh. That's that's oh, my gosh. a great I don't know about that, but... Uh. So, with... Yeah, I'm really excited for this episode. So Kevin and Steve have been friends for quite a while and Steve has all of a sudden come out like a hurricane and has just been helping with the entrepreneurial community, mentor startups, come pitch up or come judge at Five Cross, excuse me, and has just been really active. And so uh, Steve has a great story, a great background and Kevin has been our, our introduction. So I'm gonna let Kevin do some of the hosting ask questions and just continue to foster that relationship. So big Kevin.
2: Yeah, how you doing do today, man? I'm doing great. Just got just got back from lunch, so I'm feeling feeling extra great. Feeling extra frisky. Well, yeah. hey, why don't
1: you give a little introduction of who Steve is and we'll, sure. yeah, we'll get to know him a little more.
2: Sure. So I was first introduced to Steve back, man, this was probably four or five years ago. Um back before my time here at Austin Inc., I was in the banking industry and you know, Steve was introduced to me from from another coworker uh, from a superior of mine at the bank and Um, he was on his way out. I was young and up and coming and on my way in. And Steve was, Steve was a friend and a client that was, um, very, you know, I I love that he was passed on to me and it's been a great relationship since we did a few deals together, but, you know, as he would come into the bank, um, you know, I just, just got to know him and, you know, Steve, Steve has an infectious personality as Garrett, you already know, but hopefully the listeners will, will get to understand at the end of this, um, so yeah, Steve, I want to, I want you to, I want to give you like two minutes to just, if you were to introduce yourself to someone and they were like, "Who in the world is Steve Pottinger?" You got two minutes to tell them. What would you tell them?
0: Oh my gosh, that puts a lot of pressure. Well, well first of all, as far as being passed on, uh, Kevin actually at the bank, you know, your person you refer to, you know, I specifically said, "Hey," because you and I had worked together a little bit, and I had told uh, your person in charge is so okay to mention his name or? yeah absolutely. Craig. so yeah. craig so anyway i didn't sure so i said sure. craig hey look i'd like to work with kevin so that you weren't just passed on but you were specifically chosen well, I appreciate well, that. well that i said hey i'd like to because you know, i've been around the banking for a long time sure. with uh craig and that sort of thing but uh, anyway so the question
2: was if i had if you had two minutes to run an elevator with someone they're like who in the world is steve pottinger what would you tell
0: them? Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I told you this earlier before we got started. I would rather be asking the questions than, than giving you're, the you're answers. An you're <laughs> But I know, so I've got to answer the questions. <laughs> you know, I mean— You know, I I think I'm just, uh, I think I'm a business guy. And, um, you know, as far as uh, if if the question is on on the the business side, you know, I, you know, uh, business is important to me, family is important to me. Uh, I think this awesome ink is, is, is pretty dang neat. You know, it kind of fits a lot of things that I I like. I like seeing what you guys do with, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, you know, helping uh, develop you know, potential entrepreneurs, you know, and, and, you know, I, so I, I felt like I'm talking like my dad, but back when I was doing it, I didn't have a lot of people helping yeah, me, you absolutely. know? So, sure. so I, I kind of, you know, uh, you know, think it's kind of neat that maybe I'm in a little bit different position now and then maybe, you know, maybe I can, can yeah. make it, make a difference. And, uh, you know, so, uh, sure. Um,
2: well you say, you you say you're in a different uh, position now than you were say, years ago, you're, you're originally from, from Louisville. I'm originally from Louisville. That's then, right. How, how long have you been in Lexington and what brought you to Lexington?
0: Oh my gosh. I've been in for Lex- I've been in Lexington forever. And, uh, but, uh, you know, what brought me into to Lexington was, uh, you know, I was trying to, you know, uh, you, you guys kind of. Gave me a little bit of heads up what you were going to ask me, mm-hmm. and so I was thinking about that. Uh, so, way back when, I guess uh, uh, I was in Louisville working, and uh, this guy that I was working with, we kind of worked, a, uh, kind of worked out a little bit of a deal that I would come up and help operate some of his businesses.
2: And uh um, What types? Of, what types of business was it? Okay. And no, the and I
0: was like this is like okay guys, I don't want to mention that what that I actually You don't have to name any names, just, for, just what type of business. Okay, it was a fast food. Great. No, hey, okay. I worked fast but, food, my uh, very first job. There's okay, it might and it might have been Burger King, but I don't want to mention that. <laughs> so, okay. So, yes, I did that and sure. uh and uh you know, I I always knew that whatever it was that I you know, wanted to do my own deal and, um, whether it was, it just happened to be a restaurant, whether it was a restaurant or whether, whatever it might've been, you know, that was, you know, kind of what, uh, um, you know, that I always wanted to do my own deal. So, um, actually when I got up here, when I got to Lexington, I really immediately started investing in real estate. That was really my, you know, you know, uh, kind of doing my own deal was always my focus. And, um, and I just thought real estate would be a good way to, you know, you know, kind of build a portfolio and go to a banker and get the money, right?
2: (laughs) What do you think is interesting about Lexington or what makes Lexington a great place to stay? So, you know, you mentioned you're from Louisville. You're in Lexington. What what keeps you here? You know, why not go back to Louisville? I mean, you
0: know, you know, I don't want you to. I think what makes what keeps you here in Lexington. What keeps me here in Lexington? What makes Lexington a great place to stay was that you know somehow I just got involved with some of the folks that were kind of the, I don't know what you want to call them. You know, some of the leaders in the community, and you know, even early on, you know, I you know I met the mayor and you know helped on his committee, you know, his real election committee, and you know, gotten a little involved with the university. And um uh, you know, even you know, fast forward, you know, some of the folks that I've you know gotten involved with today is just it's it's pretty neat. And I, I think Lexington is big enough, but it's not too big.
2: Yeah, I love that. So I, I agree with you. I'm from a very, very small town um in the north. And I and I I, I agree with that last statement you just said. Lexington is a big city, but it's still small enough to where most everybody knows everybody. Um you know, you can walk down Main Street and see two, three people, you know, and I love that um, because Lexington does offer a ton of amenities. I mean, it, it is a, it's a decent sized city um, and there's a lot happening here. Um, and I, and I'm, you've had a decent hand in a lot of that. What's, what's been one of your favorite projects over the last couple of years, because you, you have made some some investments in Lexington, whether that's real estate or restaurant business. What's been one of your favorite projects over the years here in Lexington?
0: Wow, my favorite, you know, um, you know, it, you, 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 you kind of mentioned we were involved in restaurants. You know, we were involved in the, the Cheddar's concept for about 20 years and we, we developed that concept. Um, and, and that was, that was great. And it was life changing for me, I guess. And so, but if they're my favorite, I do not know if it's my favorite or not, you know, sometimes, Just sometimes, one of them, sometimes yeah. uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, buying a house and seeing what I can do with it and flipping it is, as crazy as that sounds go. You know, people say, why would you even mess with that? But I kind of like being able to see it and and think what I could do to that house without spending a whole lot of money and maybe enhance it and, you know, do something yeah. with it. So, yeah. you know,
2: that's been, you know, that's been fun, I guess. Uh, Looks like it, you bought your first piece of property when you were 25. Um, Garrett, I think you're 20, what, six?
1: 25 and a half. 25 and a half. So he's almost 26.
2: I'm 28. If you were to tell someone at our age, you know, I think you should go after this, or, you know, you, you are ambitious enough to to put yourself out there, um, to get connected with, with good people, you know, if you were, if you were given a piece of good entrepreneurial slash business advice to someone coming out of college, they want to stay here in Lexington and they wanted to start something, what, where would you direct them or what's, what's a good piece of advice that you would share with, with someone in our spot? and,
0: And actually I was thinking about how, how would you give advice? So, you know, way back when, 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 when I was getting started, you know, my, my thinking was, You know, how do people accumulate wealth? Mm -hmm. You know, how is it they accumulate this wealth? And so in my mind, I always thought, okay, you know, you know, one thing being from the banking industry, you Mm -hmm. you know this, you know, if banks gonna loan you money, you've got to have income. Mm -hmm. Right? They don't because they go, What if you don't what if it doesn't work out? How are you going to pay me back? Exactly. So the two things that were always important to me were income. And, my, you know, credit, you know, I'm kind of a little bit of a credit guru, sure. you know, just trying to always, you know, establish, you know, having that good credit report, if you yep. will, and also yep. having that income so that even though I might have been working at a place that I didn't want to mention the king, that I had the income to also be able to borrow money because, you know, my thought was even way back when I thought, you know, how do these people, you know, you know, you know, sometimes you th- say life is like a basketball game. You don't really win or lose. You just run out of time. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, saying? no, it's so, exactly right. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, it's kind of when you, when you think about people that have really, really done well, you know, how did they do it? Well, you know, they didn't save the money, but somehow they got the money. And so I always thought about, you know, so really it's somebody else's money or they call it, you know, other people's money. And uh, I don't know if I'm making sense with all that or not, but, you know, wait. So I thought, okay, I've got to have the income, even though I'm not doing exactly what I want to do at 25, which I wasn't, but I was buying real estate. And so then once I accumulated a few properties, now when I, you know, went to a lender, they saw me as not just a guy with buying one duplex a piece property, but this guy's got some experience. He's a little more, he's a little more of a savvy investor. Mm -hmm. And so- uh you know i always thought i was but i wanted to make sure those other folks would would see me that way as well sure and um uh but i think today i think i would maybe do it a little differently i think you still have to you know you still need to be thinking about that income and you still need to be thinking about your that your that credit score but i think i would maybe go i would go a little bit more directly towards the money guys and Try to find the deals and talk to them. Say, hey, I got sure. an idea. Sure. And not wait years and years, you know. Uh yeah. that would be uh, you know, maybe that would be maybe my if that maybe that would be my advice.
1: Sure. So Steve, I know one thing we talked about this past week and we were we had a random run in you drove me back to work. So thanks again for that. You mentioned the power of your network. I know that's something that Kevin, we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, who you know, it's actually who knows you and what they think of you. And again, we've talked about You went from real estate, you know, hospitality industry where you have done very well. Why, why should people actually value their network? Why is it important? You just mentioned get around the money guys. Why?
0: Wow. And, and Garrett, you said you, I'm going to repeat something you just said. It's not so much who you know, but who knows you. And for you to be able to point out, Hey, i so so-and-so knows me. Uh, You know, you know, and I, and I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's even part of your all's core values, you know, who you associate with and, um, And, and, really the, the people that can sometimes make things happen, if you will, they're not, they're, they're just regular people like anybody else. Right. Um, But, um, you know, um, um, I was trying to think of a, of of an expression, but sometimes they say birds of a feather, but I think you just, you, 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 you try to associate with people kind of that like-minded thinking people, you know? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I, I was fortunate enough um, you know, to, to have a dad that, you know, drilled this into my head growing up of good people want to work with good people. That's really as simple as it gets. Um, you know, and we, we, we mentioned and Craig and, you know, some of the other people I worked with at the bank, good people really just want to work with good people. And I think you're hitting on something, Steve, that, you know, you get, you got to build a network around you that, you know, um, one, they have the best intentions for you and themselves. Um, they're not selfish. They're not, you know, untrustworthy. Um, you're going to have to rely on either someone else's money, time, resources to help you get to the next, to the next level. Right. And hopefully you can all do that at the same time (laughs) together and keep growing together. But I, I like what you said, you know, it takes other people.
0: And I said I wasn't going to interrupt you, but I just you no, g- gave me a thought in this, and actually this is another I think core value of, of uh, Awesome Inc. the, the unselfishness that you are say you're kind of looking for folks that are unselfish, and in some crazy way I think you can put take the entire planet and put them in take everybody and put them in one or two buckets. The one bucket are the givers, and one bucket is the ta- are the mm-hmm. takers. I try to stay away from the takers. I try to associate myself with givers. You know, you know not. Silly givers, but people that want to give, and you know, and and I think there's, I think we all recognize that, and I think we recognize people that want to take, and uh, you know, um, I I like trying to be around people that want to give. Yeah, yeah, no,
2: I know, I love that. Um, tell us about a time where, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. So, so tell us about a project or a business or, you know a certain deal that did not work. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell oh, us the gory details, or Luck. you can be as vague as you want. No, but tell us I about mean, something where you went in thinking, hey, this is going to be know, the next greatest thing, I, and I, then I, it just fell I, I flat I think on its face. that,
0: yeah, uh, no, I, I've been there where I like to say where the bottom looked like up. But, you know, I, I think that um, uh, if the things that I got into that, you know, I would— that I really was not involved with, or I didn't really understand it. And, um, um, you Are there know. Are any specific stories that come to mind or? Oh dear gosh. I mean, if you somebody can, were listening here, they would know. You can pick one, yeah. But no, it was, uh, you know, it, it just, you know, it, you know, it, it just didn't work. It was uh, another food concept. Okay. And, um, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, it could have worked, but it just didn't work. And, uh, you know, luckily at that point in my life, it, it didn't, you
2: know, you know, Hurt me too bad. Sure. But, uh, um. What, what about it didn't work or what, what makes, you know, I think I would hope most people know what makes a good deal good, but what makes a bad deal bad? (sighs) what makes a bad deal bad? I think that,
0: you know, really, you know, the, a bad deal bad is when you got to feed it, when you got to put money into it. It's kind of like, you know, I think when we talked a little bit about, you know, getting into any kind of deal, always kind of ask myself, how do I get in? How do I get out? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the worst case scenario? What's the best case scenario? If I can live with the best case scenario, I might do it. If I can't live with the best case scenario, meaning lose all my investment and then some, then I say, you know, as they say on
2: Shark Tank, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? No, I think that's great. Tell us a little bit about, um, you know, at, at, age 25, you bought your first piece of property. Um, You've obviously been interested in, you know, kind of being not self-made, but self-employed. You want to do things your way. You, You practiced law there for a little while. Tell us, tell us how you got involved with law and how law has kind of shaped how you've, how you've conducted your businesses over the last, you know, 20 years
0: you know, this is why when you said I'm saying give, give somebody advice, I go, don't do it the way I did it. This is not the way to do it. Okay. I can give, I can give better advice on, Hey, if, if I were in your shoes today, here's, here's the way, the way I would do it. But, you know, uh, actually kind of the, one of the ups and downs, if you will, were, you know, I did the, I did the law school thing after the real estate thing. Okay. So I was doing real estate and, uh, you know, but in the back of my mind, I always felt like I always thought in some ways that I was a lawyer, even if I wasn't, you know, even when I when I, I was not a lawyer, but I always kinda of thought I thought that way. What
2: but, like were you did you like to argue? Did you like to defend? Hey, people? be careful what? there, pal. No, I just uh
0: <laughs> no, you know, I just uh you know, you're kinda of talking about your your dad. I you know, I think I you know, my, my dad was a lot that way. He was a very, you know, sharp business guy. Okay. He taught all of us a lot about business and uh just everything about business, uh, you know, just many, 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 and I could, you know, you know, tell you a lot about my, my, my dad, who's no longer with us, but was a great, great businessman and, uh, you know, had five kids and anyway, didn't have a whole lot of money, but he was able to, you know, he was still, a, you know, just, a a, a very sharp businessman. But, uh, but the, the law thing really was that I just, I just wanted to, you know, I said, "Hey, if I won the lottery, I'd still go to law school. I wanted, I wanted to be—I uh, wanted to be a lawyer." And I, th- I think it has—I think it has definitely helped me over the years. Really, more so, just you know, uh, just in individual business deals and, and just kind of being a, if there's another lawyer at the table, then I'm also a lawyer at the table.
2: Okay. How has how has going back to get a law degree opened up doors for you now? Or, or, or how did your law degree and law experience get you in to certain rooms with certain people that may have been more difficult without it?
0: You know, I think, uh, getting a law degree and then taking the Kentucky bar and passing it. Thank you very sure. much. And being a lawyer in, in Kentucky was it really, it was the association, you know, some great individuals that I was able, that I was able to meet and really have, have helped me over the years and some very, very good folks there. So. Uh, uh, it's kind of a, not exactly what you're asking me about, you know, uh, and, and really, as far as <laughs> the practice that, you know, I really, you know, never really wanted to, you know, I really wanted to be, I, the entrepreneur was always in me. I don't know if I use that right word entrepreneur, but that was always, yeah. you know, business and being in business was always what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even when I was with the, the law firm that I was at, was with, I was trying to tell this lawyer, I said, here's how I think we need to make this thing make money. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, uh, and nothing, well, not, not no. every place has that. So you I know. think,
2: I think a lot of people, um, and you know, you, you talk about the influence of your dad, I think, unfortunately, and sometimes fortunately, um, young people will almost put too much weight in what, what a parent, what, what a mentor, what someone wants them to do. Um, so I think it's one, I think it's not only did you do that, you know, to, you know, not only make your dad proud, but, you know, it, it just opened the door for you and also made you more valuable to the people around you. Um, and I think, you know, we, we talk about, you know, our network and giving. Um, I think anytime you can be an asset to the people around you, it's only going to lead to more success. Uh, um, and I'll just make a comment. Yeah, That's, you know yep. what?
0: And I, and I know we're here, we're here today at Awesome Inc. And, and I, and I swear, and I know I've told you guys this, but I think this is just the neatest group, the neatest we organization. Appreciate, really appreciate and it that. just, I kind of, you know, I, mean, I don't know how this, I know you, you know, you, Kevin called me one day and said, Hey, you got to, you know, come down here and see Awesome Inc. And I thought, man, you know, and I, Anyway, I, I really had no idea of what you guys do, but it, you know now in, you know and sure. Garrett said I was a, a judge there, you know with your five across, and that was pretty dang neat. But but I think you guys have got it, and I think this is really really a, a great organization. I know you're not asking me to do this or day, but for you know young entrepreneurs, Garrett and will I, send you a check. And after I think this. and I think what a what a you know I, got, I got, again I think like I'm talking like the dad, but what a great for, you know, for me, way back when as a young entrepreneur to be involved with a group like this, to have the support and the mentors and, you know, would be just, you know, pretty, pretty amazing. So uh, I think this is a, I am happy to be here and
2: happy to be involved with awesome Inc. Yeah. Um, Garrett, I feel like I'm doing a lot of talking. Do you want to interject? No, this this
1: is nice. People always hear me. You guys have the better relationships, so I'm getting to, Um, to sit back and listen.
2: Yeah. Something, something that I appreciate, um, about just you and your personality and how you conduct yourself, um, are are you're, you're a details guy. You know, you know what what normal baselines, what normal standards are. Let's say if it's a a restaurant or a or real estate deal or or a house, you know what the what the standard is. But you're big on blowing expectations out of the water, um, which I think a lot of people don't people may not notice them normally the details are subtle sometimes they're even hidden but you know we call it like the disney factor here to also make we're obsessed with disney and something that disney does better than anyone else is they think of every little detail to make the experience at disney as great as absolutely possible um and, and we, we noticed that when we were when we were visiting your place the other day, you're a big details guy. So talk about talk about how how the small things make the biggest impact on a business. You
0: know, how the small things make a big impact on the business, you know, I, and I've kind of said this, you know, throughout my life and career, I'd say, you know, here's the deal on if you say details and even expectations, even Disney, and I think Disney is you know th- what a great standard to be <laughs> to hold yourself. up I'm into, 28 and
2: I still but, love going right, there. As an no, adult. Disney is is yes,
0: but I think in really in some ways the you know you know people have certain expectations. Even going to Disney, you have certain expectations, and really for you know for really to get, I'll call it the points. You got to meet those expectations, but it's when you exceed ever so slight. And I think, you know, meeting expectations is tough. We've got to do a whole lot just to meet the expectations. Somebody comes in a restaurant, you expect to walk in the door and the temperature be right. And to sit at a table that's clean and you order food and it arrives, you know, and the food is, you know, it's when though. But when you exceed somebody's expectations, whatever, what it might be ever so slight, you know, there's a parent with a child and somebody assists the parent, you know, does something that you did not expect And uh, I think that's really, I'm not saying where we only get credit, but I think that's where, that's where we get the credit. I think we have to meet. And so sometimes I jokingly say, I try to minimize, (laughs) minimize the expectations but then do everything we possibly can to meet and then exceed.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're, we're big on under promise over deliver. Right. Right. We're big on that. And, um, you know, that's something that's been drilled in all of our heads for good reason. Um, right. Because yeah, we obviously want to go above and beyond for, for our customer, for our client. And, um, yeah, we always want to have that, you know, quote, air quote, Disney effect on everything we do. um, I heard this was years ago, you know, in the hot you're you're pretty familiar with the hospitality business, um, restaurants and, you know, now city center down here in Lexington. Um, you know, the second hardest thing to do is to get someone to come visit your restaurant, hotel, golf course, whatever it is. It, the second hardest thing is to get them there the first time. The hardest thing is getting them back again for right, a second, right. third, fourth, third sure. time. Um, and I, and I think it, it goes back to those details. Um, you know, when someone goes above and beyond for extra good service or, you know, the product, you know, they, they undersold and it's, it adds way more value to you than you could have ever imagined.
0: Um, and if I can add one thing, and yeah. it is that even one of the awesome ink. I'll keep, you know, going back to the awesome ink core values, treat people like a human being, Yeah, you know, and that's, you know, is that and believe it or not, in the 20 years that I operated those restaurants, the calls I received when they finally go, I want to talk to that guy. Okay. It was, I'm going to almost say never about the food. Never. I, I really did not get, it was always the same. It was how they were treated. Really? It was usually how they were treated by somebody in the management level, Really, you know, and uh, you know, really all they wanted somebody to do was just, you know, understand them, mm-hmm. you know,
2: so how, how would you know? And I more? will
0: say, I will say this too. This is kind of a one thing too. I go, look, you don't have to agree with them. Right. Just understand them. Sure. Whatever that might be. Yeah. You know? I, think I, I, have, used to, I used to. We have to co- two years and one I mouth used, for a reason. Well, I used to compare it to my my poor grandmother who's no longer with us. That so would come. we go out. We take grandma out to uh, you know uh, to get breakfast, and she go. She goes, my coffee's cold. I go, grandma, it's steaming. I know, but it's cold. I you know. So anyway, <laughs> you know. But it doesn't matter if if somebody says their coffee's cold, and you can see it's steaming. You go. You go. What is your res- response to them? I'm going to bring you some hot coffee. Oh, yeah,
2: exactly. You know, understand. You don't need to agree. Sure. What, so that, that, bring, that leads to another question is, you know, what's the, you know, how would you normally handle that situation? You know, let's say someone walked into a restaurant of yours and they were like, yeah, this, this manager was super unaccommodating, rude, short. You know, what, what is your response to that?
0: I, I used to call it the Grand Canyon Echo <laughs> Somebody says hello, hello. If they say the manager was whatever they might say, hey, we were we waited 20 minutes for a table. You guys waited 20 minutes for a table? Well, it was at least 15, you know. <laughs> if you if you understand what that guest is saying. And sometimes I would even get a little bit more upset than the guest. Sure. I would say, well, you know, if that if, if our cooks are doing blah, 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 or our manager doing something, they really don't need to be working in a restaurant. Yeah, and no, they would go, well, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Well, no, I'm just saying they, you know, they, this is the kind of person that they, they need to be, you know, thinking about maybe a different career. So anyway, I wanted to make sure that I understood that guest and, and typically, and everybody knows this over, over the years. I mean, some of the best relationships that I ever got over the years in the restaurant business was some of the most difficult guest customers who had funny. complained because one, you know, you know, I mean, here's the bottom line with the guest. They want you to understand it's a two prong, te- it's a two prong process, they want you to understand, bang, you get a check mark. And then here's the next one. What are you going to do about it? But that's at the restaurant level. Understand what that guest says. My coffee's cold. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to bring you some hot coffee. Whatever whatever the situation is in any business, understand what the guest is saying, and then what are you going to do about it? Uh, but usually the calls I get were, you know, the, the guest made their complaint, and the manager, rather than trying to understand, try to get defensive and explain why, whatever, you know, you know, I said, sure. you know, the problem with an excuse. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like an excuse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so oh, that's that. what—that's when you give an excuse. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like an excuse. And no,
2: I—I I think that's great, and I, mean, I, I say, totally agree with you. So, um, was there ever a time where you think, or there are—are are there times when when we give the customer too much power? You know, obviously we want to accommodate. Is there ever a point where, you know, some of these young entrepreneurs, they're going to be in maybe stage two to four of their startup? You know, how much, what, what would you tell them? How much feedback do they need to listen to? What's, what's good noise? What's bad noise? When are they, when are they over, over accommodating for the customer? And then they're kind of losing focus. You know,
0: uh, I think you're losing focus. Part of the question is extremely important. And I don't know if if it's the, you know, for a young entrepreneur that's not quite there yet, you know, I almost say, because you kind of talk about even in back to the, you know, uh, some of the core values, the naysayers, you know, I, I say be careful about even listening to the naysayers. As a matter of fact, I even go one step further, you know. I think we were talking about this, you know, yesterday or whatever. It's okay to say, say, I'm going to start a running program or I'm going to start eating healthier. People love hearing that. But when you start saying what you're going to do and some of the listeners hear what they, you say, I'm going to start this business and this kind of thing. What the listener may be hearing is, this is what I'm going to do to get to to make money and I'll have more money than you. I'm being a little bit, you know, exaggerating there slightly. But I think you got to be careful when you're talking about you know, it's my law professor say money makes people funny. You know, sometimes (laughs) money and, you know, I think it's okay to tell people, the young entrepreneur, what, what you've done, but be careful about telling them what you're going to do.
2: No, I think that's, I I, think
0: it distracts. I think you can sometimes, you got the naysayers or you got, you know, you know, um, you know, in some ways, if it were easy, everybody would be there. Everybody be doing it. It's not easy. And there's a lot of you know, so I think that entrepreneur, at least I think they've got to keep their eye on the bullseye and not let the noise distract them. Sure.
2: Uh, are there it, certain things that you did or certain types? I mean, obviously, like-minded people. Are there, are there certain things you did to help you with focus and keeping your eye on the bullseye? Uh, <laughs> whether think, the, whether th- that's, you know... Hey, I'm, I'm going to set aside the first hour of every day for myself or, you know, hey, I'm going to structure my my week, my month, my quarter, my year like this so I don't lose focus. You know, are there certain are there certain guardrails that you put in your life to help you stay on track?
0: I mean, I think, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I got an answer to that question, but I think in the early days, I did try to, you know, I mean, as crazy as it sounds, I, you know, I, I listened to a lot of, you know, positive, you know, messages and that sort of thing, just trying to keep myself focused on that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, um, I, I think sometimes, again, I'm going to go back to, I, I think it's, uh, you know, somewhat keep those ideas to yourself, keep your words to yourself. Don't be, don't be scattering your thinking. And, uh, um, it was more for me, just keeping my mind, you know, focused and not let the noise distracting me. Um, uh, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a, you kind of talk about the details. I mean, I would, you know, usually plan my day out the night before and I, you know, I usually sure. knew exactly what I'm going to do the next day. You know, I'm a big guy on Sharpies and markers and red pens and highlighters and all that crazy stuff. And sure. I still like to, I still like to write it down. I okay. know, I mean, I, I still do the, you know, I know it's all digital and we're, this a big digital community sure. here. But at the sure. same time, I think something, there's something magically happens when you take a pen and you write down what you, what you want to do and what you're going to do tomorrow. Yeah. I think something happens. Uh, uh, I could get into the whole, you know magic of yes, you know, sometimes I, even when Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, you know, give people some advice or whatever, I, you know, I like to hear them say, yes, I will do that. Uh, Did I hear you say yes? Yes. (laughs) Yes. You know, so.
2: I want to hear your thoughts on, on this. So obviously here at Awesome Inc, we have, um, we work with a lot of young, early, early stage startups. Um, we hear all sorts of ideas. We have people that are actually, you know, working on those ideas, Obviously, you you you're pretty seasoned in, you know, going out and, and making something and, and doing it well. How do you think we bridge the gap? And this wasn't on your paper, so I'm, I'm sorry. How, I'm, how still, do we, I'm
0: still hearing the season part, but go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm not for sure. How, uh, how do you think we bridge the gap between the people that have done it? You know, the guys that have gone out there and absolutely trailblazed. Let's just say the state of Kentucky. They went out there and they did it. They built something from the ground up. They were they were in this, you know, startup stage, you know, forty years ago. How do we bridge the gap between the people that have made it and the people that are, are currently trying to make it? How do we get how do we get how do we get the Steve Pottingers, the you know, the the, the guys that have gone out and in election? How do we get them connected with our young entrepreneurs?
0: Man, I mean, Kevin, I think you and Garrett. I mean, I think you guys are doing it. I mean, for God's sakes. I mean, I come in and look at this wall of all the entrepreneurs that have been successful. And you know, here. you know a handful and, of them. you know. Yes. Yeah, you know. And I a, think a you guys, you know, you guys are there. And I really do believe that whatever it is, the the entrepreneurs that you've talked about that have you know have done well, I think they are. They. I think you just have to ask them. Hey, I need your help. I I I, I think those folks they're going to be. You know, some of them even even where I you know my school my you know. I'm from Louisville. Everybody talks to high school. I said, you know, guys, why don't you call me and ask me
2: to, you know, yeah. ask me.
0: I think you just got to ask them.
2: Why do you think people don't? Why, why, do, why don't people ask for well, well, pride or, I mean, I don't know. It could be a whole mess of things, but. You know, I, I, I you know,
0: sometimes I think people think that those folks at the, wherever they are that have, have done very well are, are so aloof and they're, you know, they're out of touch and, you know, they're not, you know, not gonna be able, they're not reachable, but they are call them. A lot of them will answer their phone. Yeah. You know, I mean, people in this block that I know, you sure. know, if you call them, they're going to answer their phone, Yeah. you know? And, um, but as far as bridging the gap, um, it, it, you know, I think that, uh, you know, again, I think what you guys are doing is pretty dang amazing. Even that five across where you guys had those, you know, those potential entrepreneurs or whatever they're and, 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 uh, really, I think the one thing that that, that, that you have to, to do is that the, the potential entrepreneurs never lose sight of that they really are going to be an entrepreneur and they are an entrepreneur. I think you're an entrepreneur before you you ever have any degree of success before you make your first penny. I think you it's a mindset that you have and and you keep it and other people will pick up on it. Sure.
2: No, I, I love that. Um, and obviously, that's what you know. People like Garrett and you know a lot of other people on our team are continuing you know, continuing to try to do is to bridge that gap because, you know, our, our big thing here at Awesome Inc. is we want to leave Kentucky better than how we found it. Um, and I think there are a lot of people that want to do that, but they are just looking for an opportunity to do that.
0: Sure. I mean, look, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be here today if you hadn't asked me to come down here and check out Awesome Inc., which is, again, which I said earlier, which has been a pretty dang neat experience for me.
2: Sure. Well, no, we, we we appreciate it. And, um, and Steve, you know, we, we appreciate your time and coming down here and, you know, it's, it's been a fun, it's been a fun, you know, two months, you know, getting you plugged into Awesome Inc and, you know, we're, we're excited to see where this thing continues to go. All right,
1: guys. Thank you. Well, that's it guys. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Awesome Inc's podcast. And another quick thank you to Lee Rosevere and a few members from our community, to provide the music that you hear in this show. Lastly, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz, or even better, come on down to our space. Come be a part of our community and get plugged in and let's start something awesome together. You guys rock. We'll see you next time.